KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. I have been completely fascinated by the TV series The Boys. It's a superhero show, but with kind of a dark twist where the soups, as they're called, aren't always really the good guys. The people, humans who become soups, they don't magically become good people. They don't magically become heroic. They might be racist. They might be homophobic. They might be misogynistic. They might be narcissistic. Within the supernatural premise, the things that shape these characters are very real. Toxic masculinity, personal tragedy, corporate greed, and manipulation by the company who manages the soups called Vaught. The big villain in all of this is Vaught. You know, who's the big villain in, in our society? That's the mirror, I think, that the uh, show is trying to hold up to people. I'm Matt Leon, and this is KYW News Radio In-Depth, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers. Make memories during happy Honda days. Today, we're talking with two Westchester University psychology professors, Dr. Lynn Zubernis and Dr. Matthew Snyder, who co-edited a book called Soups Ain't Always Heroes, Inside the Complex Characters and Twisted Psychology of the Boys. Now, if you haven't watched The Boys yet, you might want to save this episode for later. We will get into some spoilers as we dig into these complex characters and talk about how we wind up rooting for people who have done some really awful things and how the show reflects the society we live in. Lynn, kind of give us the origin story of the book. How did this come together? The book really came about because my colleague Matt and I became really fascinated with this show. I started watching it because I'm a fan of Eric Kripke's work. He's the one who helped adapt the the comic of The Boys into a show. So I'll essentially give anything that he does at least a chance and then see if I fall in love with it. I watched the first episode and fell in love with it. And then the more I watched it, the more fascinated I became with how deep it is and how much of a mirror of so much that's going on around us it is. So I started talking to Matt about that far too much and everybody else and Pretty soon we kind of felt like we really need to do a deep dive into this show. We we need to do a whole book. So that's how it came about. Matt, talk a little bit about how the book set up. It, it looks like it's kind of a collection of papers, essays kind of focusing on different aspects. Yeah. So um, honestly, li- like Lynn said, she kind of took the lead. And as we were thinking about how to approach this project, um, we had done, at least I had done a few panels um, at Comic-Cons and things like that. And Lynn did many more. But it was interesting because when we did do a panel on the boys, the things that we were thinking about toxic masculinity or or character development or um, those kinds of things, uh, other people were thinking about them and talking about them as well. So we really kind of took um, a beat from the fans of the show and we really wanted to focus on the things that they were interested in. So I think they kind of fell into kind of two categories. One category was we really wanted to do a deep dive on all the different characters um, because they're, they are, are so different and, and so contextual. You know, the, the actors are, are, are portraying them in, in amazing ways. Um, and the other thing we wanted to look at is obviously there's a lot of social commentary um, in the uh, series, um, whether it's about capitalism or, um, you know, politics or just, um, you know, social media. A lot of the things that I think are, are really, you know, bellwethers um, in what people are thinking about and talking about in today's society. One of the things that fascinates me about the boys is I think it is genuinely the closest thing to realism if the superhero did emerge in American society, if a 
you know, a Justice League or the Seven or however, you know, if it did manifest itself in reality, I really think that the boys is what we would see. And and Lynn kind of talk about that, how they the way the PR machine, the spin machine, the paying of hush money to keep bad things under wraps, like all of these things, you do not have to pull the string far to see, ah, now nah, that's probably that's probably pretty much straight on what that would look like. Yeah, and, and you don't even have to really uh, look into the mirror for too long to see that some of those things are already happening. We may not have soups with, you know, compound V in their veins running around, but that same corporate machinery, that same spin machine, that same propping celebrities up and creating personas and massaging the truth and manipulating public opinion, you know, that that actually happens, which makes the show simultaneously terrifying. And also for me, I think it makes the show weirdly validating because I watch the show and I can think, okay, somebody else sees it too. Somebody else gets what's going on and why this is actually really dangerous out there and wishes that it wasn't happening. Um, So I find that validating to watch, but the show does that in so many ways. I mean, the people, humans who become soups, which is probably how it would happen in real life too, they don't magically become good people. They don't magically become heroic. They are still carrying all of those things that unfortunately many flawed humans carry, like they might be racist, they might be homophobic, they might be misogynistic, they might be narcissistic. And I I love that it does that. It doesn't turn them into paragons of virtue. It lets them be humans at their core who are still struggling with what's right and what's wrong and what should I do. And I think that's why it speaks to so many people. And just for people that maybe aren't familiar, the seven is kind of like the Justice League or the Avengers. It's the group of superheroes. And the boys is this group of people who have been wronged by them and are trying to kind of expose them. But one of the things, Matt, that's fascinating is you kind of start out with this idea. You know, well, first of all, you kind of learn the inverse of how the superheroes aren't really the people they're made out to be. And at least I start rooting for the boys. But as the series goes on, you kind of see everybody kind of comes to these cro- these forks in the road and it becomes very blurry who's really on the right side of things here, no? Yeah. I mean, it, it's amazing, Matt. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said the show is really about what if we just gave regular people superpowers like we we gave them you know, compound B and, and like Lynn said, good, bad, or otherwise. Um, so it's, it's such an interesting deep dive into what would people do? And, and the, the answer is that, um, people are gray, people are not black and white, you know, and I think that's what sets it apart from maybe some of the things like Avengers, um, or, you know, the, the, you know, some of the things that you're talking about. And and when I was a kid, you know, I love comics and, you know, Batman, Superman, but they didn't really have a lot of depth and they didn't have a lot of, um, kind of gray, um, or they didn't really kind of go back and forth. Batman's probably the closest to, to something. And I think that's the appeal, um, of a character like Batman. Um, but the interesting thing is like, like you said, at at first we think we're going to root for the boys. But again, don't forget, eventually, you know, Huey and Butcher take Compound V. They literally become um, soups, you know, in in some way. So it's so interesting to see the arc and to see the struggles 
you know, of Frenchie and, and uh, mother's milk and, and even butcher, like everybody's struggling with what's right. And, and what are my motivations, whether it's revenge or trying to do the right thing um, or helping others. Like it's really, it really is a deep dive into what motivates humans at their very core. Yeah. And it's fascinating because, you know, kind of another very human thing is, you know, when the regular people take the compound, it's kind of like presented like, well, I had to, the ends justifies the means, which, you know, is so much of our political moment and so much of our societal moment. And I'm interested, Lynn, and I'll ask you this as well, Matt, but I'll start with you, Lynn. Who is your favorite character on the show from a just a viewer standpoint? But then when it comes to like your work, your writing, the book, is it the same person you're most fascinated with? If, you, if it's really who I'm fascinated with, that's probably the same as my favorite person. But my favorite character is certainly not the character that I relate to in any way. I just think this character is a fascinating character. And that's Soldier Boy, who doesn't really appear in the show until season three, but is talked about in season one and season two, and who was part of the comics, but in a very different way. This is almost an entirely new character that came from the comics. And what fascinates me so much about Soldier Boy is that all of the characters are very fully fleshed out. We get a lot of understanding of the context and the history of the characters. So even the ones who are the bad guys, we understand them and we understand how they got to be who they are and how they are. I think that really gets played out in the most intense way with Homelander and with Soldier Boy. And Soldier Boy's backstory, even though we get it in short little snippets, I think Jensen Ackles did such a good job at really showing us that character's vulnerability, that character's sort of self-delusion in convincing himself, as you were just saying, Matt, that he is doing the right thing, that he's a good guy. He professes it again and again. I'm a good guy. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm Soldier Boy. While he is you know, letting collateral damage happen all over the place and is mired in narcissism and toxic masculinity. So I am endlessly fascinated by that character. My One of my chapters in the book is a deep dive into Soldier Boy. And I also did an exclusive interview with Jensen Ackles where we hear his take on Soldier Boy. But that's not the character that I relate to, thankfully, because I think that would kind of be a bad thing. I think the character that I find the most fascinating as someone to relate to is probably Starlight slash Annie, because I love her evolution in starting out totally manipulated and totally buying into everything her mother sold her, everything Vought sold her, and then slowly having her eyes opened and becoming a much more complex character and really struggling with trying to figure out who she is. I really relate to her kind of identity development journey as a psychologist and and as a person. Same question to you, Matt. Yeah, I think, um, you know, again, two different uh, characters. Um, I think the character that I relate to the most probably would be Huey. And I think um, many people, especially many males, probably relate to Huey and, uh, you know, kind of the tragic experiences that he had and then trying to navigate what's right and what's wrong and, and you know, what should I do? And you can see the internal struggle, 
you know, he he blows up translucent um, because he almost feels like he doesn't have any other option. He's kind of goaded in, into. And then he has a lot of remorse and a lot of depression and rejection. And, and then he tries to take over the boys when Butcher goes away. And then he kind of is remorseful of that. And, and he, he it, it's so interesting that he kind of really goes back and forth. And some of the um, scenes with Starlight um, are probably the most telling, you, you know, when when he's thinking about what strength is and he talks about his dad i i I think that's one of the you know kind of uh pinnacle uh, scenes of the whole show you know they're driving in the car and uh huey basically i'm going to kind of just paraphrase what he talks about but he basically said i didn't know what strength was i didn't know what masculinity was and i thought my dad was weak um but you know what he made me hot pockets when my mom left and and just the idea of taking care of somebody by doing something as simple, but also um, as important as as making hot pockets and making sure that his son is okay, is what really shows strength. And I think that's what Huey struggles with all the way to the point where he actually takes compound V, because he he says, you know, the, the nice guy kind of can't win. As far as the the character that I'm most intrigued about, it, it's probably Homelander because of the 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 you know the chapter that I wrote in the book about toxic masculinity, and uh, you know Lynn and I had this conversation about we don't know who you know has it quote unquote worse with toxic masculinity whether it's Soldier Boy or Homelander, but I mean Anthony Starr um, he portrays Homelander in in such an amazing amazing way. And the, the narcissistic viewpoint that that he portrays in that character is amazing. Um, the idea that really Homelander does not care about anyone. And, and what does that look like when somebody has that much power? And I, and I think, like you said, Matt, it speaks to where we are today in, in our society um, so loudly and so clearly. And, and I think people get it. Like, we wonder if people get it sometimes. Right, Lynn? Um, yeah. But, we you know, everybody we talk to, we, you know, I think they get it as well. There, there's so many layers to this show that you can relate. And I think another thing you can look at, and you talked about Starlight and, and her mother, and is like the people that live vicariously through their kids who are great athletes and, and things like that, that are constantly pushing them, you know, a nine-year-old, pushing the nine-year-old playing basketball with the thought of this is the first step to them going to the NBA. It, it's kind of the a, a similar thing and that like that is probably not even in the top 10 of things that you could break you break down in this show but i think that's another aspect that that we see nolan oh absolutely absolutely i mean when you think about it now we know that the way that these humans became soups is through their parents for the most part it was their parents who wanted them to be a superstar or a celebrity or strong or to make money for them or whatever it is. This was the parents' desire. This was not, in most cases, the actual children's desire. And we see it in little flashbacks that it's been tragic for many of these soups. You know, you follow the Deep's journey and he talks about when his parents dosed him with compound V, he suddenly could hear the fish in the fish tank and the lobsters screaming and saying, help me, help me. And he was a sensitive little boy. That's actually an interesting, very minor thread. But a lot of the soups were sensitive children for whom this was a trauma. Like becoming a soup was a trauma for them. There's a whole animated series, Diabolical, that some of those episodes dive into um, what happened 
to these children and how a lot of them, the compound V gave them powers that were either too destructive to continue living with their parents or useless or disfigured them in some way. And many of them were sent to an orphanage, rejected by their parents because, oh, it didn't take, they let me down. They didn't become what I wanted them to. It is truly, truly tragic. But as you say, Matt, like it has a parallel in reality. Parents do become like, you know, I want my child to be a beauty pageant queen or whatever. So, yeah, I think I think that's one of the darkest storylines that's happening in the show. Let me add on that. It's a it's a major theme in the new show, Gen V. Um, and I don't want to go too, you know, like if people haven't seen it. Please watch it. It's an incredible show. But certainly that's a huge theme um, within that show. The idea of parents, you know, pushing their kids, um, it, it, you know, to be, you know, powerful and then kind of living through them. And that's like probably the biggest theme, honestly, of Gen V. We need to take a break. We will have more with Dr. Lynn Zubernis and Dr. Matthew Snyder right after this. This is KYW News Radio in depth. It's the holiday season, folks, and the holidays mean different things to everyone. But whatever the holidays mean to you, get the most out of it in a new vehicle from our friends at Honda. Whether it's traveling to the holiday family dinner in a spacious, efficient Accord hybrid or heading to a hike to burn it off in a powerful, adventure-ready CRV hybrid, your holiday adventure awaits with a new Honda during Happy Honda Days. Contact your local Honda dealer today. And we are back on KYW News Radio in depth, continuing our conversation with Dr. Lynn Zubernis and Dr. Matthew Snyder. Matt, as you're you guys were putting this together, did any thread you pulled surprise you as far as when you really started to to dive into it that maybe it brought you to a realization or a concept that you hadn't really thought of at first, but then when you kind of mapped it out, well, you're like, oh, well, of course. But did anything surprise you? Yeah, I mean, that's an excellent question, Matt, and Lynn can jump into this. Um, you, you know, Lynn was kind of the the uh, main person to try to get people together, you know, to write these chapters. And she got a tremendous, you know, variation um, and, and, and great people in all kinds of different areas that she can speak to. But then I got to, as editor, I, I started reading the chapters that we got, you know, so whether it's about like corporate greed or whether it's a deep dive into, you know, a train and what it's like to be a African-American um, soup and and just like, you know, things that I didn't even think about as I'm as I'm reading and trying to edit, you know, this great work that that, that Lynn's kind of feeding me. I, I was totally struck many times about the different things that I didn't even think about, like um, Butcher's need for revenge and, and how that really hurts everybody that he's close to. I mean, there's just all these kind of themes. And when you read the book, it gives you so much to think about and and so much to relate to. You know, it's not just about the show. It's about how you can relate to the things that are going on in your own life. Same question to you, Lynn. Yeah, I I, I did. I handpicked the contributors. They were all people who I either knew or knew of in some way. So I knew of their work. I knew they were good writers. I knew they were deep thinkers. I purposely wanted to have, you know, Matt and I are psychologists. We didn't want just psychologists. Yes, we do have a bunch of chapters by psychologists, but we also have sociologists and journalists and media experts and documentary filmmakers. We have all and actors. We have all different kinds of people. And so anytime someone came with a chapter that was from a perspective that I am not coming from myself, 
I always felt like I learned a lot. You know, we have several contributors who are people of color who wrote about that and that being part of their perspective on the character that they were writing about. And and I there were plenty of surprises for me and I was so grateful for them. Um, one of the journalists who, you know, wrote for the big entertainment publications for years did a chapter comparing Vaught to Hollywood and how the same sort of corporate machine has an impact on producing celebrities or producing soups in the case of the boys. Um, the person who wrote, who's kind of an, an industry expert who wrote about the interesting fact that the show runs on prime video, which, you know, it, and then we're talking about big corporations. <laughs> there's an irony there, but there's also an interesting self-awareness that the show has. And that I think it, it walks a fine line and keeps a balance in a, in a very adept way in still being able to kind of fearlessly tackle things that you might be like, but wait a minute, isn't this Amazon? I love those things. I learned so much from our contributors. And of course, the actors who did chapters, who did interviews for us. I, I'm not an actor. I've never been an actor. I'm always endlessly fascinated by what it's like to be on the inside and trying to bring a character to life and bring this world to life. And the four or five actors who, you know, actually, I guess there's more like 10 or 12 altogether mm -hmm. who gave us little interviews, their insights were invaluable, I think, mm -hmm. because I'm never going to come at it from that perspective. I think one of the things that's fascinating, and I think, Lynn, you kind of referenced this, is there are so many characters that I think at first you just feel like they're just kind of characters that maybe fill in gaps, but they get incredibly well flushed out. And you see all these, I mean, almost across the board, tragic in one way or another backstories. And it's just amazing to me because I think a lot of times when you have this many kind of characters, it can feel overwhelming as a viewer that it's just too much. And, you know, but the way they kind of weave them in and there's different focuses at different times, like everyone just has this kind of that makes you think about a unique part of American society almost like, you know, be it race, be it narcissism, be it white nationalism. There's all these different stories that make you uncomfortable because they kind of put the mirror up to a different kind of gross part of of America. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's partly the brilliance of the comics. You know, that that is something that happens in the comics, too, and something that was intended. And a lot of these characters were created by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson, um, who has a chapter in the book talking about the origin of all of this. Um, yeah. And I think they the characters are all very, very different and they all have different backstories with the common thread being tragedy. But it allows the show to look at so many different things, you know. It follows a character like The Deep, who is one of the main characters, but not like the main character. And yet we know a tremendous amount about The Deep and we get to actually experience what he's like now, what a creep he can be. But also at the same time, we get to experience a really powerful scene where he's experiencing body dysmorphia and hallucinating his the hated part of his body, the gills. Mm -hmm singing to him and talking back to him. What what a brilliant depiction of that struggle. And it's with a character that, for the most part, we just think is a jerk. But in that moment, 
we still can relate to that character. So it's so nuanced in the way it presents every single one of these things. A Train's Journey, I think, is also a great example. There are times when, you know, the show starts out with him killing Yui's girlfriend, just running mm -hmm. right through her, not intentionally, but through not really caring about the collateral damage, which is how a lot of this happens, and being pretty unremorseful afterwards. We see him also killing his ex-girlfriend. We see him doing a lot of horrible things, but we also see him struggling to kind of understand his own journey and figure out who he is as a Black man and how that relates to his family and could he make a difference in that community? He does care about that. And yet, tragically, spoiler alert, he gets sucked back into what Vaught is offering and is willing to, you know, set aside that growth, at least temporarily, that he seems to be making, which is just another kind of tragedy. Yeah, I think the thing that kind of um, pulls me in so much is that, uh, you know, as a counseling psychologist and as a therapist, um, I think there's, uh, you know, so many human experiences to relate to, like Lynn was saying, and, and, and like, not to kind of, I, I kind of agree with everything she's saying, so I don't want to, to say it again, but I, I think the thing that makes it so much more interesting is this idea of, of not judging people as good or bad. You know, the, I think the boys and, and the writers and, and the producers go a long way to, to try to explain why people are the way they are. Right. And to, you know, we want to hate a train for what he did. We want to hate, you know, the deep for what he did. I mean, they did horrible things, you know, really, really awful things. But yet we find it difficult to to kind of hate or judge them because now we know kind of how they got there. Um, and, uh, you, you know, even like Homelander is a perfect example of this. I mean, you know, he does horrible. I mean, he literally threw a teenager off a roof who had just decided she didn't want to commit suicide. I mean, like we can't get much worse than that. And yet, um, the, the show makes us feel for him, for his background, for his experience, um, for not having parents, for being kind of, uh, raised by this, you know, crazy doctor and, and literally a padded cell, um, and the indoctrination that he went through. So then you wonder, it's like, well, whose fault is it? And, and we kind of go back to the, you know, the big villain in all of this is Vought. Right. And then if you want to then, you know, who's the big villain in, in our society? Like you said, that's the mirror, I think, that the uh, show is trying to hold up to people. I think it is a rare show where you find yourself at different points rooting for and against just about everyone at, yes. a, at a different point. And when you can take viewer on that kind of a journey multiple times and have it feel so organic. That's just very unusual. Yeah, it is very unusual. And I, it's interesting. I, I think it really appeals to us as psychologists and as therapists because we are trained to look at people in the context of their lives. Like that's how we understand a client. A client may come in and, and may have done horrible things. Most of us have done some not so great things in our lives. But in order to help them, you have to be able to understand how they got there so that you can help them, you know, change in a way that's going to be better for them and not kick them in the butt. So I, I rarely see a show that invests enough time and energy and good writing and good acting into showing that kind of a fully contextualized human so that we can both 
loathe and be horrified at some of the things they're doing and yet also come to an understanding of the human and have some empathy for that human. It, it was so jarring that by the time I, you know, got to the episode where Soldier Boy is perhaps going to be killed, I found myself sort of being like, no, 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 don't kill Soldier Boy. And then had this reaction of, what are you doing? They're supposed to kill Soldier Boy. He's the bad guy. And that dissonance, I think, is is fabulous because it's very real. So the book is set to come out soon, and if people want to pursue this, if they've been as fascinated by this conversation as I have, what should they do to get a copy of the book? Uh, they can pre-order right now. They can go to smartpopbooks.com backslash the boys, and they can pre-order the book if it's before December 5th. And if you pre-order, you get free original artwork of Soldier Boy and Kamiko, so that's a nice little freebie. Um, if it is after December 5th, you can go to your local bookstore or order your book wherever you usually do on Amazon or Barnes and Noble um, and buy it just like any other book. Comes out December 5th. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers. Make memories during Happy Honda Days. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.